Hola, hi, my name is Adilene Landa Garcia, and this is my podcast about my family immigrating from Mexico to the United States. I was born in 2001, and shortly after, at the age of two, my family decided that we had to move to the United States. I was brought in voluntarily, but it was because of my parents' voluntary action that we moved over here. In Mexico, from what my parents tell me, there is no opportunity for jobs, education. Everything is much harder, and the lack of money that my parents were facing was something that really drove them and motivated them to pursue a better future in the U.S. As we talked about this week in class, hope is something that defines the United States in many different ways for different people. But one thing I do know is that once we saw that there was so much opportunity in the United States that Mexico lacked, it returned the hope to my family, my parents. They finally had something that they could work towards and look forward to um, while having hope that by doing those things, they would reach their goals and fulfill their dreams as well as set myself and my siblings up for a much better life than they ever imagined and that they don't think that they could have ever given us if we were to have stayed in Mexico. My mom is the youngest in her family and she has a very big family. She is also the only one in the U.S., but when she was in halfway through middle school, she was forced to quit her job because of the necessity for money in her family. She knew she had to help support my grandparents um, to maintain their family and their health at a good point. And so she quit school around the age of 12 and she started working as you could say, a caregiver with um, a few ladies that um, needed to be taken care of. And she did that for a very long time. And I remember she would just tell me she would walk every single day through there. And it was around like a 30-minute walk there and back. And then for my dad... My dad also had a very big family, and he was, you could say, a middle child in that whole family. Um, They were all boys except for one girl, which also was the youngest in the family, but um, he was a very smart boy, and when he was in middle school, he was allowed to skip a couple grades because of the level that he was at and that put him up to be in the class of one of my uncles who passed away. Um, His name is Rolando 
they both were doing their you could say practicums for um to be lawyers and that was both of their goals and they had gone through all of school graduating high school together and they were practicing they were on their third year in Mexico of university um my grandparents had a very cool business that allowed my dad and my uncle to be on the path um on the road to fulfilling their dream and soon through the year as the year started and as they continued practicing um my grandfather had a few problems with alcohol and it caused him to make some decisions that he very much regrets and um has very much influenced everything in our lives because if these decisions weren't made I probably wouldn't be here but what happened was that he made some decisions that had him lose the business and therefore my uncle and my dad had unfortunately were forced to also leave school and it's very sad because at that point they were so close to getting their degree and just it was one of their biggest goals my grandfather had actually came to the united states and he had stayed here for a while but he decided it was nothing like his home country and he didn't like it at all he grabbed his things and he just went back to Mexico and when my dad had the idea of coming over here he was very opposed to it and he told him not to and my grandma and everybody basically bagged my parents and they told them that if they were to come over here that they would probably ne- like not come back and from that day on their biggest goal is to go back and do all the things that they wish they could have done over there while they still can and are not too old um or anything that they're able to, they're healthy enough to um fulfill those goals but they knew they had to come over here because my dad told me that he wanted to build us a house that we deserved and with everything going on in Mexico the violence and the lack of money the lack of jobs um he knew he couldn't do it and he wanted to and he decided no matter what anyone said that we were going to come over here and my mom understood his point of view and quickly everybody in the back of their heads knew it was the best for us but because they were scared as well as us but more like my grandparents they were really scared of letting their children go with a granddaughter which was me but like they were really scared to let us go um and i now i understand exactly why it's so hard for 
us to like live over here without seeing them we are able to call them here and there but it's completely different than seeing them it is something that we would love to do very soon but the processes can be very hard when you're trying to get visas and we can go but we can't come back and it's extremely hard when you're facing difficult times in Mexico like our family and we're over here and the only way that we can support or help is by helping them out financially and just being there present with our hearts but we don't get to live through the experiences that or the hardships that happen in Mexico along with our families and that's something that has really opened my eyes to how my biggest goal is to fight for DACA recipients to get their a path to residency or citizenship, but all I wish for is just to get to see them one day, and I know that is why the the main goal that my parents want to reach is to go back and see everybody once again, even though some, sadly, we can't see again it is something really hard to talk about because we can't have our last goodbyes with a few people um that were really special and dear to our hearts um as they were my uncle my grandpa but in the end i have realized that they were very right in a way um you can't go back, at least not us, because we have our whole lives here. I grew up, I, since I was two here with this system, these norms, um, everything. I learned a whole new language and it has sh- shaped my life in a different way and I know that if I were to have gone back in the middle of my studies school would have probably been very hard for me in Mexico as it's very different but what they said was true and the the fact that we weren't able to go back before certain things happened like I mentioned before but I think that's just life and everything happens for a reason and I know that if any of what I have told you was different, I probably wouldn't be here and I'm very grateful for that because everything that has happened has shaped me into the person that I am and it is what is allowing me to be here and speak and make my podcast. In class, when we were watching The Danger of a Single Story by Chimamanda Adichie, I quickly made the connection from when I was doing Running Start and I saw, I feel like those years were when um, I was becoming more aware of issues that we were facing in present day and I was learning a lot more that 
as we also talked about, has been kind of hidden from us in our education from K through 12. And I learned about all these stereotypes that were made um, about certain races and how a lot of people believe them and just go based off of those stereotypes and let everybody that falls into whatever it is that they are using to categorize us um, if we fall under that then automatically that whole story applies to us and it shouldn't be like that because I know that one as an example our president has labeled Mexicans to be what he says rape rapist criminals and much more and he also recently called black people thugs and it's crazy how powerful statements can be that are coming from people with so much power and so many people believe this and it creates a single story and everybody that is Mexican or black for a lot of other people fall into that category and then are judged based of based off of all of those stereotypes and it's crazy it's something that we must stop we must realize that there is so much diversity within our own cultures and races that we have constructed as a society and to continue when we watched the race the power of an illusion the film um in class i also realized how school really is structured in white supremacy and that happened because of all the redlining that happened in the past and how because of redlining black communities were um kept together and whenever black people moved into communities that were the majority white the white people would leave and that created just the i the fact that black communities in school districts or school districts of any minority um to get less financial support and just resources in general while obviously now because of how everything is all this schools and school districts and communities that are the majority white are having so much more resources and financial support and power in general and it's something that I realized also in Running Star and continue to learn so much more about as I learned with the film in this class and Also, what comes with less resources is teachers that are less qualified. And so in districts that are of minorities and of people of color, um, they get those teachers that are not even qualified for what subjects that they are teaching. And that brings their education e- even lower because they're not getting the right quality that they deserve and all students deserve the same education rich and just full of resources so that they can explore and 
learn so much. I do believe that because schools are now kind of talking more about these topics, um, why people are kind of starting to learn that they have this white privilege and power, many different types of power, but they have so much more of an advantage and they are kind of realizing that and once they realize that they have the power to change so much by using their voices and using their white um, privilege for good and to help out all of our minorities and people of color um, we with everything going on right now I think we're doing a good job of keeping everybody informed um, about ways that we can help and I think it's opening up the eyes of everybody in our communities um, spe- specifically that are white um, to what is going on and what people of color and specifically in, right now in the present um, black people have faced and how they've been oppressed for like 400 years. As a woman of color um, who wants to be a future educator, I really want to include a lot of multicultural education into what I teach, and I want to, for as an example, I want to have a lot of books that are rich in multicultural content and I found a very good book um, thanks to my other class of multicultural education for teachers. Um, I was taught about this book called This Day in June by Gailey E. Pittman and it was basically a book about the LGBTQ plus community and um, it just on the back of the book, I was provided with basically a resource of advice that I was able to read and just sort of advice on how you can respond to your students um, with potential questions and how you can go about um, talking about these subjects, especially with kids that are younger because I do want to be an elementary school teacher. Um, in the back of my head, because I'm still learning, I had this worry um, which was how will I answer my students in a good way, like without saying anything that you could say is bad, I or classify as bad. Um, but I just had that worry, and with the section that was provided in the back, it really reassured me. And I know for a fact that I do want to have these books, and I don't know why I had that. Um, fear in the back of my head that was blocking me from just very simple ways of communicating these um, issues with our younger children. Um, There are great ways and the advice on the back of that book is very helpful for teachers who have that fear like I did. I also was listening to another podcast that was called A House Divided and 
because of that podcast, I was able to classify my family into something. I knew when I had siblings and I understood that I was undocumented. I understood that they were documented. I understood the difference, but I never knew what that would make my family as my parents and I are undocumented and my two younger siblings are not. And as I listened to the podcast, I came about the term um, mixed status and I knew right off the bat that that was my family. And not all of us are citizens. It's just, I always felt like uh, there was something that we could be classified under. And with this podcast, I learned that there certainly is. And that was mixed status. Because of that podcast, I also was reminded about the fact that teachers who are citizens have more privilege than those who don't. Also, it brings them more political power because of the rights that they have. For example, the right to vote and undocumented teachers cannot vote. Um, It just reminds me that I must keep bringing awareness to issues that are happening in present day that maybe the teachers who have power don't really know how to help us um or support us um bringing light to ways that they can use their power to help us is something that I want to continue doing because if I can't do it myself I really want others to understand how we need their support and need um them to just help us out to create equity instead of equality because Equity is truly what we need. We need everybody to have this unequal opportunity to fulfilling their dreams and to success. I believe that in times like now, I do realize that everybody has different privileges. And I think one of my main privileges is the fact that I have a sense of community. And in my culture, we just are always supportive and we motivate each other to continue working towards making progress to reach our goals and I think maybe not everybody has that and that is one of the biggest privileges that I believe that I have but everybody has different privileges and we must use those to speak for those who can't and to speak out loud and make change actively so that We can have everyone's voices heard and have it to where everybody can speak for themselves because at where we're at right now, there is too many people who do not have a voice and that is why times like this, we are being reminded about that and it's just... We must keep speaking for those who can't until they can speak, until everybody can speak for their themselves. Thank you for listening. This was Adilene Landa Garcia once again. Goodbye. Adios.